what are some of the other things in the 80% that never really get discussed? Well, one thing I want to discuss today is really a discussion around emotions, right? Emotional intelligence, whatever, you know, fancy modern name or, or phrases out there today, but it really, it is about your process and your emotions and how we can gain better control of it, have better awareness of it and understand how this one thing influences literally everything that you do 24, seven, 365. Your emotional state will determine how sharp you guys are throughout the day and how on point you are with your tasks. Your emotional state will dictate the level of conversations that you have when you are talking to prospects. It will affect your sustainability throughout the day. Meaning if you're going to do 30 contacts a day, is your first contact just as smooth and enthusiastic and sharp as your 30th? Or is there a drop off there that has a lot to do with your emotional state, right? Your emotional state affects your energy levels. Your emotional state affects your ability to sleep, your sex drive, a lot of things, right? It's not the only thing in those cases, but it is a very large contributing factor towards that, right? When's the last time you guys were in a fantastic emotional state and you had trouble sleeping? I imagine never, right? When, when's the last time you were in a shitty emotional state? And, and what are some examples of that? Being depressed, having a lot of anxiety, those are shitty emotional states, right? If you guys look at the classic tone scale, right? I referenced it slightly, if you remember at the last Distinguished Agent event, where I talked about... Um, the top, right? The serenity of beingness, which is the very top, right? Which is beyond gratitude and all that stuff, right? All the stuff below that center line is anxiety, depression, anger, apathy, fear, right? We would consider those shitty emotional states if we're going to use that scale. When is it easy to sleep or stay on point or do your tasks or be like around other people and have a good energy and have meaningful conversations and productive conversations. Well, you can't if you're in those other emotional states, or maybe you can because you will power your way through it, but it makes it increasingly much more difficult. So now the question becomes, well, where does this stem from and what can we do about it, right? So take a look at this. I'm sure there's particular, even for you guys, this is how finicky this thing is. Preconceived notions, previous information, or small amounts of experience create labels for you guys, all three of those categories. As an example, if any of you on this um, call or listening to the recording hesitate with particular lead sources, you need to ask yourself why. Like maybe you hesitate with Fizbo's. Why? Is it because you've called a few and you know they've been unpleasant conversations, so now every Fizbo is an asshole? Well, that affects your emotional state. And by affecting your emotional state, now it limits you from potentially tapping into that lead source because of your own bullshit, your own emotions. I mean, there's no other way around it because then you can listen to me or other people who, again, even if we don't specialize in FISBOs, we say we have pretty damn good success with them when we work them and we call them. I mean, there's people on this team too that for many of you, the lead source that you loathe, that you hate, that you despise, someone on this team is having either good, marginal, or fantastic success with that lead source. That alone from a logical standpoint, should allow you to have the awareness to say, okay, is this my own block? Is what I'm saying reality? Or is it a, a, a symptom of a particular emotional state creating like, you know, this falsehood that, oh, these people are assholes or I tried expires. It doesn't work. I call them. They're always in a bad mood, right? All these, these generalizations that we make, that's nothing more than a symptom 
of the current emotional state rooted with that subject. Because every word, every symbol, everything has some sort of emotional impact on you and some sort of emotional root. And you really need to take a look at it. For some people, when you hold up a dollar bill, it's like you held up the devil in front of their face. For other people, you hold up a dollar bill in front of them and it inspires them and it motivates them. For other people, uh, maybe to an uh, to another extreme, they worship the dollar and they're like, oh my God, you know, I bow down to the dollar, right? We have all these examples. They and all those examples are being fed an emotion with the symbolism of what the dollar bill is. So all of these things literally are symbolisms and those symbolisms elicit a particular emotion within you. And you have to take a very close look at that right? Because that's really deeply embedded into your belief system and your subconscious mind. So if you go back to some of the basic NLP lectures, we're talking identity, values, and beliefs at the very root, right? And you need to really assess those things constantly. Now, think about all these other symbols that pop up. You know, it's a classic symbol, right? Luxury car, boom, Lamborghini. That elicits emotions in people, Right? I, I, I can, I could take it anywhere. Right. Cause I had that car for three years. Even the people that would pretend to ignore it, they couldn't ignore it. Right. You would see that they would go out of their way to pretend like they didn't notice it, but it's like, dude, it's obvious that you're doing that. So it has an emotional impact on them. It's one of those things that it just, right. It just, it's like this magnet everywhere it goes. It's like pulling stuff in. Now that would be, uh, you know, like an everyday example that people can get a little child who has no idea or conceptual notion of what a Lamborghini is. I would drive by a, a kindergarten during recess. All the kids would run to the fence. Whoa. Right. But they don't know what a Lamborghini is. Maybe one of them does because he's a car freak. But how come every kid would respond that way? Right. So even that tells me that prior to you learning certain things like that, certain things affect us in a way that is out of our control as well. So you have two pieces here. You have the part that you can control and the part that you can't control. Well, what's what we can't control? As an example, we as human beings, we appreciate, we're drawn to, and we like aesthetics. This is why art and architecture and all these things are so like, wow to us, right? Like if you guys ever travel and you go to a new country or a new city or a new state and, and the nature is a little bit different or the architecture style is a little bit different, right? Like you even look at real estate. Some homes are like, you know, old school Victorians. Some are like classic modern, right? And we have all these little nuances and different styles. And when you see a new one, right? Especially if it's aesthetically pleasing to your eye, there's certain mathematical dimensions that we as human beings are just like, wow, that's beautiful, right? Hey, look at the human body. We appreciate a man or a woman who's in very good shape and has good dimensions. That's in our fucking genes. You, you weren't taught as a kid, Oh, uh, Brian, look, when you see a woman with this size waist and this size uh, bust for her breasts and her butt, this is what you're going to like. No, you just are like, damn, she looks good or damn, you know, he's built like he's got good structure and broad shoulders and all that stuff. So that would be an example of what goes beyond what we're taught. So we genetically in our DNA, based on our nature as human beings, appreciate certain things and that will elicit emotions. Cool. So your job on that is to understand those things and begin to study them and recognize them, okay? But the main focus of today is what can we control? What have we learned? What can we input into our mind that will create the emotions that we want? So now early on in my journey, I started saying, okay, some of these arduous tasks, some of these monotonous tasks like cold calling and door knocking where I'm going to be faced with things that I previously deemed as bad. 
i.e. rejection. I know initially that's going to give me a bad emotion, but what do I need to do? I need to reprogram myself around these things. Well, what really is rejection? I started really looking at it and saying, okay, why am I and why is the majority of the population on this planet so opposed to fucking rejection? Well, it's to protect your own ego because you have this, this fragile self-perception really is what it is. I traced it back and said, well, I'm going to be embarrassed because somebody told me no. Okay, so I'm going to be embarrassed. Like, who's going to know? Nobody, right? Is that person going to remember me? Like, is that person going to see me on the street six years later? Oh, hey, Brian, I remember you cold called me on February 5th, 2016. You fucking loser. I told you no. No, it's not going to happen, right? And I'm giving you guys extreme examples just to show how stupid and silly this is, right? Now, in many cases, what I'm describing now, we will fantasize this before it ever even happens, how do I know this? The questions I get from agents. Oh, what if I get rejected? Or what if, you know, they say this? And my first response is, have you made a call yet? And most of them will say no. I'm like, then where the fuck are you coming up with this shit, dude? Right? You have to ask yourself, because that's one of this, one of these questions and sequences in this process is, am I speaking from actual experience? Or is this a fantasy? And for most people, it's a fucking fantasy. Right. Then number two becomes if I'm speaking from experience and I have this negative emotion, do I have a big enough pool of data to make this proper assessment? Meaning if I've only talked to two FISBOs and they've been bad, does that mean that I can blanket generalize all FISBOs as being assholes? Well, no. Next question after that, do I have references that oppose my conclusion? And in that case, you would say yes, because you could say Ramon, BC, Loida, whoever has had massive success with FISBOs or fill in the blank with whatever, right? All I'm doing now is using my awareness and logic and reason now to try to create this battle against emotion because that's what it's going to be. The emotional part of you as a human being is rooted in the animalistic side of you. It's there to protect your ego, right? And it takes a, a, a good amount of awareness and uh, raising of your consciousness as a human being to be able to even slightly detach from your ego, because almost everything comes from that. This is why social media has just been this fucking cesspool for most people. They're so caught up in it, right? Take a look when you go out next time, y'all, and you go outside. Why do you think while everybody's out, they make it a point and it's the number one thing of the night to take pictures and show people where they're at? You think it's for them to sit with their family around the fireplace later that night and reminisce about what they did? No, it's to show these fucking random people on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube where they've been to get likes. And they sit there at night at home on their phone and refresh, refresh and see how many likes they got. Right. Oh, you know, so-and-so liked it. Oh, did they say anything? Did they comment? It's not even about the evening, right? Take a look last time because I'll go to every once in a while, I'll go to like a lounge or a bar or some shit. And I laugh at the amount of people there who won't even be talking to the people that they're with. But they'll take these moments to take these group pictures or selfies there just to show the world like, oh, I'm having a good time at so-and-so club or bar. It's like, dude, after that picture, I'll never see you smile the rest of the night or talk to anybody. But you did it for that one moment to make yourself look cool. So what is that rooted in? It's rooted in all this fucking nonsense that we're talking about. I mean, it, 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 it's insane, but we won't stop and think about that, right? So when we look at this thing from the outside, right? That was kind of like that first little bit that I wanted to give you. How can we go about um, becoming 
better vessels, we can say, of our own fulfillment and our own understanding around the subject. Well, there's a couple of things you guys need to do, right? I brought up awareness, but we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes in regards to height, heightening your awareness and utilizing it more and having more of an ability to be aware throughout the day versus just floating, right? Which we'll discuss in a little bit. Number one is this. If you guys want a, a stronger grasp on your emotional state and your ability to not be so like pulled on a string and have these extreme reactions, you first need to become very comfortable and a normal utilizer of stillness. You'll hear monks talk a lot about this stillness, right? Stillness. Number one, I would ask you guys this, and this is a way to kind of measure where you're at. Do you find yourself always getting music stuck in your head and that constant chatter in your mind being something that you're like, ah, stop, and you can't stop it? That would be an indicator to me that you struggle with stillness because you can't just off of a whim, shut your mind down and focus on something. I was noticing that today, right? After I did a quick little workout in the morning and stretch, I went into the sauna, right? And I took my phone in there, but you know, I'd put it down for like five, 10 minute segments. And then out of nowhere, I would just test myself and I would just stare at a point in the wall and shut everything off. And if my mind was going, I would silence it. And I would just stare at a point in the wall for like a minute or two. And I can do that on command now. I can be with you guys, ha ha ha, and then just, and I'll turn into a fucking stone where you guys would look at me and be like, damn, this dude is just like focused on something or he's meditating, right? Whether I close my eyes or open my eyes, it doesn't matter. But I can, I can go from normal human life to boom. Here's another one. If you guys are by yourself or in a group, either one, can you ride in your car in absolute silence and enjoy it? Or are you like, oh man, I'd like to listen to some music. Or is your just chatter in your mind fucking, hey, is that seller going to call me back? And your mind is just out of control fucking. Because I enjoy, I don't always do it, but I'll go through, you know, sitting in my car for like a 10 minute drive and I'll just shut everything off. I fucking love that shit. Even in my house. Sometimes I'll just sit on my couch for a couple minutes as an exercise. No computer, no YouTube, no phone, no nothing. And I'll just like sit with my cats and pet them or, or I'll just like do minimum or nothing. And I love that shit. But that is so ostracized by society. Oh, you're fucking weird. You just sit there and do nothing? What do you mean? So even everyday people have a misunderstanding of that. What do you mean? It's like, bro, what do you mean that's weird? You can't even do that if you tried. Because you're a slave to your own fucking mind, bro. What are you talking about? Because that becomes the thing is your consciousness is your ability to jump on your mind and it's processing. Are you in control of that? Or is your mind pulling you like a puppet? Because that's what consciousness becomes. Can you externalize from your mind and take control of this mechanism? That's consciousness, right? Otherwise, you're wrapped up in your ego. You can, If you want to think about it in most people's binary view of the world, right? Like, let's say we go re religion, right? And we say like, Jesus or God is good and Satan or whatever the devil is evil, right? Look at God as your consciousness and devil is your ego and being trapped in it. Can you detach? Can I take a hold of this thing? Can I externalize while I'm in a conversation with somebody and simultaneously understand my perspective and theirs and not get caught up in the emotion of the moment? This, by the way, is what makes you lethal as a salesperson. Because I'm not caught up in the drama or the issue of the moment or, oh, well, he yelled at me. How dare he fucking yell at me? Does he know who I am? Right? Versus 
I understand my position. I'm a salesperson, but I also understand his perspective. He's pissed off. He's an expired. I can understand why he's speaking that way. So I'm having that conversation, not the fuck. Why is this guy mad at me? Fucking Fizbos are all assholes, which is your internal talk probably sometimes. Or you'll hang up like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? Right? You're too caught up in the primal part of the human being. Right? You're too caught up in the emotion of the moment. And again, that's the ego. It's like, oh, well, he's attacking me. He can't talk to me that way. You know who I am? Now, there's a way of, of responding there properly to make sure the primal part of that human being responds to you correctly by not being weak. We've talked about that. We even talked about it at the mastermind, if you guys remember when we did that drill about being firm. But there's a step beyond it up here in your intelligence as a human being to say, okay, can I see why this interaction is going the way that it's going from both sides? Right. When you take that perspective, you now elevate above emotion and emotional responses, and you have a lot more control on the situation. Right. Externalization, whatever you want to call it. Right. I don't know what buzzwords are going around now that you guys may have heard, but that's externalization. Basically, I can detach, not detach and I'm going to ignore the world, but detaching consciously. Consciously. 